Welcome to The Workplace, the program about how to get into, get along, and get ahead at work, produced and presented by me, N.N.D. This episode is titled AI in the Arts, and I am joined by Irini Papadimitriou, Creative Director at Arts Organization Future Everything. This is the fourth in a series of episodes focusing on artificial intelligence, mainly through featuring aspects of AI, Who is Looking After Me, an exhibition by the Science Gallery London in collaboration with Future Everything, which brings together scientists, researchers, artists, academics, and other professionals, taking an interdisciplinary approach to examining the impact of this technology on all aspects of our lives. Here on The Workplace, we are zeroing in on the impact of AI on work and workplaces, including the arts, because as you know, one of the central tenets of this program is that art is work. In episode one, Jennifer Wong, head of programming at Science Gallery London, provided an overview of the exhibition. And in episodes two and three, artist and researcher Wesley Goatley talked to us about AI, work, and the environment in tandem with his installation in the exhibition, Newly Forgotten Technologies, dissolving myths around automation and analyzing the hidden impact of AI on communities and on the environment. Now in episode four, Irini Papadimitriou expands on all that we have been discussing so far in the series, and we take a look at the impact of AI on the arts and the creative sector, and artists' role in developing and shaping AI. AI Who's Looking After Me is on at Science Gallery London until the 20th of January 2024. Please visit london.sciencegallery.com and futureeverything.org for more information. And to keep up with this and all the other work and workplace-related conversations that take place here on The Workplace, please connect with me using hashtag WorkplaceNND. AI season here on The Workplace was made possible with the generous support of ARC Club, the fabulous co-working space that is more than just a workspace. Please visit arc-club.com. Irini, welcome to The Workplace. Tell us a bit about yourself. My name is Irini Papadimitriou. And my background is a curator and artistic director. I'm currently working with Future Everything, which is a non-profit organization. It's a community interest company, actually, based in Manchester. And Future Everything has been for many years known as a digital art and design festival. But since 2018, we have been running a year-round program of activity, and that includes from exhibitions to critical conversations, workshops and knowledge exchange sessions and all of our work is looking at connections and dialogue, conversation and exchange between art, technology and society and by society I also mean things that are kind of bothering us today, things that are happening today, so challenges that we find around our world today. So at the moment we are curating exhibitions, we are developing ideas for conversations and we're very interested in critical ideas when it comes to thinking about how technology shapes our culture, our lives, our identities, but also our society at large. Why are you called Future Everything? Uh, That's a good question. So I didn't come up with this name because I joined actually Future Everything in 2018. And Future Everything existed since the mid-90s. 
So it started life as uh, Future Sonic, which was a festival about electronic music, and then it moved to involve and engage with uh, digital culture, uh, digital art. So it changed the name to Future Everything. So uh, I think probably this is uh, the name reflects this kind of embracing of other art forms as well, rather than just music. Tell us what you intend to share with us today. For the past few years, I've been working with artists and arts organizations focusing on artificial intelligence and the impact of artificial intelligence. So I am thinking that, yes, what we can discuss today is the impact of AI on the art sector, artists, creative sectors, but also in artist role, uh, in how they develop and shape AI systems, but also other emerging technologies. Let's begin with the impact of AI on the arts and then the creative sectors. Tell us the good and the bad. Okay, so obviously, as with other technologies or new things that happen, uh, artists are always, in a way, interested to experiment with these tools, with these mediums. So it's similar in the case of artificial intelligence. So in that sense, artificial intelligence has been an interesting, experimental, but also new and creative way for many artists to bring it to their work, to play with this technology. technology, as with other um, forms of technology, and to create different ideas to shape their work, to let it, to let artificial intelligence shape their work, but also shape it themselves. And we can go back to that a bit later. So in a way, this I find like an interesting way in terms of you know, instead of what we are used to see for artificial intelligence as a product, we find creative ways around that. We find different stories that are given to us, are presented to us by artists and creative professionals. So this, I find, is a a very interesting thing. There are also a lot of gray areas about artificial intelligence. As we know, machine learning and artificial intelligence depend on large amounts of data. And many times there is no clarity where this data comes from. So at the moment, there are quite a few conversations that focus on the challenges when it comes to using artificial intelligence and data sets that we don't know where they come from. For example, What about authorship? What about intellectual property? What about artists whose data is used in these sets, in these data sets, but they are not credited or they are not earning money from that? And of course, there are also questions and challenges and concerns about bias and about labor that we hear a lot in the press, but also in conversations that come up. For example, you might have come across. Recently, there was a bit of controversy with Netflix Japan because they used artificial intelligence to generate images for an animation, a film animation that they produced. And they did say that the reason for that was that they couldn't find enough animators to work on their film. But of course, that also has brought a lot of conversation and criticism from artists who are out of jobs. So they're I think, yeah, there are a a lot of, there's a long list of, of course, also positive but negative sides to working with AI and employing AI. 
regarding the main causes for concern you have raised around intellectual property and so on how do the present threats or challenges differ from ones faced in the past obviously artificial intelligence has been around for a while also generative ai art has been around for a while which means that artists have experimented for a long time with programs with code with technologies that generate visuals and moving images and so on but i think that it's recently that we have been surrounded with so many tools and platforms that are so easy to reach for many many people and of course the internet means that images circulate that you know we release images that we create online and then these end up being as data sets but also artists have their work online their portfolios etc and they don't have so much control over who is using these images so i think this has been accelerated in recent years and of course the use of artificial intelligence itself has been more and more widely kind of um, you know uh, in with us right now in recent years so it's in a way these challenges are becoming a lot more noticeable and also we realize that we are lacking the legal frameworks we're lacking the uh, governance to deal with these issues so for example if i'm not wrong from a legal perspective i think that the copyright law doesn't apply to data sets in a way in a way or so these are considered like generative images so they are kind of um you know they are out there you can't uh, I, i'm not sure how easy it is right now in copyright on uh, if you recognize that your work has been used in like to generate uh, images or other content with the use of artificial intelligence so obviously we realize now that we have to deal with these concerns and with these with these problems so isn't this though basically a democratization of art and artistic pursuits because you said you know ai tools are just now making it widely available to everyone isn't that a good thing as historically the arts haven't been exactly a bastion of equality when you think from the perspective of race and class and gender why do you consider this to be a challenge or a problem or a threat well yes and no because uh it's not even even before artificial intelligence uh there were other means for example phot- photography is one is one example most of us have access to a camera or to taking photos but that doesn't of course eliminate issues to do with copyright and so on and authorship so in a way having artificial intelligence tools or like ai generative art kind of uh, you know platforms more widely available that is of course it is a good thing in one way that in, as it it was in the past Uh, you know computers for example in the 50s were very expensive for most people to to access and artists as well and when artists when artists were able to have collaborations with engineers and have access via academic institutions and engineering companies have access to this expensive equipment they were able to create work and of course 
with the uh, availability of personal computers and of course the internet and so on, we have more and more people and artists of course having access to creating work like that. So in a way, yes, like artificial intelligence being more available to artists, it is a good thing, but also that doesn't eliminate the challenges and the issues that we have to recognize that come from that as well. So so yes, yeah, so we still need to kind of tackle these problems to do with authorship, with copyright, with, uh, you know, just uh, recognizing that invisible labor is hidden within this artificial intelligence uh, architectures as well. I don't know. From what you've said so far, I'm still not convinced because I'm thinking that in the end, artists and workers in general will reskill and upskill. And that example you gave like in the 50s and so that that is a perfect example of it. New jobs will be created and artists will find different outlets for artistic expression. So I'm not sure I'm reading the issue as a problem. Of course, with new technologies coming up, and artists, but also workers and all of us, we reskill and upskill. And we know that always has happened in terms of new jobs are created, jobs are lost and so on and so on. And of course, artists find in these technologies always ways for artistic expression. The problem is that, yeah, definitely some jobs are being lost. However, what happens with artificial intelligence is that we have these mythical ideas about what AI is and uh, these fantasy uh, ideas, which of course have come from popular culture, from film, science fiction, and so on, and so on. And media still continues to present us with these fantasy visions about what artificial intelligence is. So even the term itself, artificial intelligence, it doesn't kind of explain what we're talking about, because we think often that artificial intelligence is something that is autonomous, that we're talking about machines that are completely autonomous, that they are intelligent and they are automatic as well but actually none of this is true the reality is that with artificial intelligence we still have people hidden behind these architectures who are doing menial tasks for example machine learning in order for machines to learn we use like masses and masses of of data and for this data to be usable they have to be cleaned they have to be tagged they have to be annotated who does this work it's not a machine it's humans who are hidden behind that and most often like these people who take these tasks are crowdsourced workers from companies around the world and they usually have workers from the global south so again we're talking about a colonial kind of approach when it comes to uh, artificial intelligence and labor. So it, it's not about just, you know, we're using, we're going to lose our jobs, it's that our jobs are becoming invisible when it comes to artificial intelligence. You might have seen the automatic order, like food order machines at different brands uh, on the high street, right? Of course, this means that they are eliminating workers who are in the front line uh, where we can order our food, but that doesn't mean that they are not people behind the scenes who are preparing everything, they are getting our orders. So the fact that I'm clicking on this, I'm touching a screen and then sending my order, it doesn't mean that there is not a person behind that. What's the problem if work becomes invisible? 
what's the issue with that? The issue is that we uh, kind of think that artificial intelligence, that machines are uh, intelligent and they are, and we kind of attribute any problems to these machines when actually there are humans behind everything. Even the fact that there are humans who have the power to design these machines in a way. So all these issues about who are these systems impacting, there are humans who are responsible for the decision making behind the systems. So like let's say there are communities actually who are targeted they are impacted from facial recognition for example they are being targeted because of their skin color because of the neighborhood where they live because of their economic background and so on so you know they might be kind of thought that they will i don't know uh, become criminals in the future because of historical uh, wrong data. And that's how, this is how bias works. This is how machine learning works as well. So I think we have to continue, humans have, we, we humans have to continue to take responsibility for these systems that we're creating that in a way recycle and recreate the bias that we have in our society, but also as humans as well. So we have to be more transparent about how these systems work. It's not uh, enough to just kind of hide people behind artificial intelligence and think that artificial intelligence is intelligent because it's not. So what are the possible solutions to these concerns you have raised? First of all, we need transparency about the systems, about who designs them, and also we need more diversity in how they are designed. We've been talking a lot about ethics when it comes to AI, but actually we don't often ask ourselves what do we mean by ethics and how do we design or we create artificial intelligence that is ethical? What do we mean by that? And also who takes the responsibility to do that. Also, governance is another area, another thing that we need to be thinking about. And again, thinking, okay, who is going to be part of these discussions and these conversations? So again, we need to make sure that at the moment, uh, AI is designed, is controlled, is decided by a small group of people, very much uh, like people who are very similar, coming from very similar backgrounds. So we need to change that. We need to make the field more diverse, but also bring to the table people who are impacted by these systems. What, in your opinion, is ethical AI? Ah, well, I'm not sure. That's what I said, that we don't, we have to think about what we mean by ethical, ethical for whom and um, by whom, because ethics can mean different things to different communities and different people, right? Mm. So... So when we talk, I think we in many companies as well who develop AI, they are talking about, they are forming groups who are in a way doing ethics or doing AI ethics. What, what do they mean by that? So who decides what is ethical AI? Let's move on now to your opinion on artists' role in developing or shaping AI systems and other novel technologies. And then I'll ask you to to comment on Wesley Goatley's observation Mm -hmm. in episode two of this series that all AI art is art about AI and his observation in episode three in this series that the history of automation does not remove humans from work processes but simply devalues expert work. Art is working 
with AI or shaping, developing AI, I think artists have a very important role to play here. First of all, because they uh, help us see different perspectives about AI systems. What we are used to know, what we hear about AI is usually what comes from the corporate sector who develops the system. So there is a lot of hype about AI. AI as something that can save us, AI as something that can serve us. But actually, artists give us different views on that. They, first of all, work with AI in creative, in unexpected, in more experimental ways. They also deconstruct many times what AI is. So they make us, they help us see what is behind these systems, that there are humans, there are biased humans, that there are mythologies when it comes to AI. Also, they help us think about maybe different intelligences. So when we look at what comes out of how we think about AI, like robots and so on, we see very anthropomorphized images like ant machines, ant technologies. So we kind of think of intelligence as something human, when of course there are so many other intelligence in our planet, in our in other species as well. So it is brilliant that artists help us see that as well, beyond ourselves in a way. And of course, the other thing that I find really important in terms of how artists engage with AI is critical conversations, bringing to the surface the challenges, the, the, the bias just sides of AI, but also the critical issues that we need to be thinking about, helping us interrogate these systems and these technologies that we are creating, and maybe think whether we're doing something right or we're just repeating kind of historical mistakes. So Wesley Gottlieb is making a comment that all AI artists are about AI, which is something that actually I agree with. What he's talking about is actually something that I see many times as well in terms of how artists engage with AI. In a way, it becomes a comment about the technology itself, about the systems that we've been creating. So whether that happens in like in critical ways, but also in ways where are creative and they see they make they help us see different aspects and perspectives from what we are fed usually by the media, by the corporate sector and so on. I definitely agree that yes, all AI art is art about AI. And Wesley makes a comment about the history of automation, not removing humans from work processes, but actually simply devaluing expert work. And again, this is a very valid point, and it's something that I uh, touched a little bit on earlier, talking about artificial intelligence and the myth of artificial intelligence and the fantasy that we have created that these systems are actually acting autonomously and uh, automation is uh, something that means that there is no need for human work, for human hand. But actually, in reality, what happens is that the human labor, the human work processes are being removed from the front. They are just hidden in the back, in the architecture of these systems. And yes, it is about devaluing expert work. And it's something that historically we've seen with the Industrial Revolution as well. So in a way, this is happening again in terms of people are moving out of the picture. And there is something that's important here about knowledge that we need to think about when, of course, we know that artificial intelligence and all these technological systems 
are very much real and they are very much happening because of human labor and human knowledge. And we need to kind of think about when we talk about these visions of like automation and intelligence. So I gave you a little exercise to do, which was to instruct chat GPT in 25 words or fewer to explain the role of human artists in society and if or when AI will make artists redundant. What did chat GPT say? In a way, it didn't say something new. It did say things that I already knew in a way, which is of course how ChatGPT works in a way. It, it generates answers based on information that already exists. So ChatGPT told me that, uh, of course, the artists are important, that the creative expression is important. It told me about art being, uh, you know, something uh, that can help us heal and it can be therapeutic. It can contribute to economy and so on and so on. But also it did say that artists in a way cannot be, it's very unlikely that uh, AI is very unlikely to make artists entirely redundant because of human emotion and expression that uh, is involved in art, uh, because of innovation and creativity. What it didn't tell me in a way was how artists sometimes, you know, deconstruct these uh, very uh, tools like AI or what AI is and ChatGPT itself as well. So it didn't tell me that artists sometimes, you know, help us see beyond the surface when it comes to to AI. So in a way, ChatGPT was something that I very much expected. What and this is what I got. Uh, I didn't get something you know, other than what I thought I will get. So it was very predictable, the answer, in a way. Well, you know what? I have to say, I think it gave you an artificially intelligent answer. Exactly. I, exactly, right. But for actual intelligence, which is the part that you added on at the end, which is that artists help us to deconstruct and think in ways we never thought about and so on. You would need actual intelligence for that. And of course, we cannot rely on artificial intelligence to give us actual intelligence. So I have to say, I'm very pleased with the response of Chad GPT. Yes, it's true, actually. Yeah, it's right. very accurate. It's what one would expect from ChatGPT, right? It didn't disappoint. Yeah. All right. Tell us anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up. I think just to say that in a way, um, like ChatGPT or generative AI tools, as we all know, what they give us, of course, is information that we already have that is out there in the world. And they kind of, you know, recycle this information and generate new things. But actually, these things are not that new. And so we do need human creativity to just take us beyond what we know to take us beyond the the limitations of existing kind of data of existing technologies and this is something that you know as you said as well ChatGPT or like AI can't do at the moment so I hope that artists will continue to surprise us but also to challenge us as well and because that's what they do when it comes to AI they challenge the ideas that we have about AI and also they challenge AI itself so I hope that they will continue to do that because 
I think we need, at the point where we are right now, we need to have these conversations. Irini Papadimitru, thanks so much for being with us here on The Workplace to discuss AI in the arts. Thank you so much. And that's it for this episode of The Workplace, the program about how to get into, get along, and get ahead at work, produced and presented by me, NND. I was speaking with Irini Papadimitriou, Creative Director at Arts Organization Future Everything, in this, the fourth episode of AI Season here on the program, where we are taking a deep dive into artificial intelligence by featuring in the main aspects of AI Who's Looking After Me, an exhibition on at Science Gallery London until the 20th of January 2024. Please visit london.sciencegallery.com and futureeverything.org for more information. We pause for a bit on AI season to observe Black History Month UK 2023 here on the program and so we will be back with the theme of artificial intelligence from November. My thanks to all those who have made this program possible, especially ARC Club, through whose generous support AI season here on The Workplace has been realized. Please visit arc-club.com if you're after fabulous co-working space that is more than just a workspace. This program was first broadcast on Community Arts Radio Station Resonance 104.4 FM, which is a charity. Please support us at resonancefm.com forward slash donate and on Patreon. And to keep up with this and all the other work and workplace-related conversations that take place here on The Workplace, please connect with me using hashtag WorkplaceNND. Thank you so much for listening. As always, it's been a pleasure being in your company. Till next time, keep finding new and better ways to keep working. (laughs) 